podcast where we, a real-life mother and daughter duo, re-watch Gilmore Girls and discuss the misadventures of fictional mother and daughter duo Lorelai and Rory Gilmore. I am Tessa Dare, a writer and the author of the paranormal mystery series The Karanzan Chronicles, and Beth's daughter. And I'm Beth, Tessa's mom and fellow culture critic, writer, and fan of the Gilmore Girls. We have been joined at the hip much as Lorelai and Rory are, for just a little over three decades. And we may on occasion bring other cultural references into our discussion. I just finished my second cup of coffee, (laughs) and I should warn listeners that I am likely to slip up, much as Lorelai might, and call Tess by her birth name, because that's what I gave her. But my goal is to follow her lead. Uh, And I am uh, at the very beginning of my second cup of coffee though it is a full-size glass so that might technically be more than two normal cups uh (laughs) every week we will start off with a synopsis of the episode along with the date it aired uh before heading into our discussion uh before we get to that full disclosure it has been a couple of months since we recorded the first two episodes uh we experienced some technical difficulties and general life complications in between So if there's a little bit of inconsistency between this episode and the first two, I apologize. And if the sound is better now, you're welcome. (laughs) Today's episode is episode three from season one, and it is titled Kill Me Now. It originally aired October 19th, 2000, and Tess will give you a synopsis. Yeah, so the basic premise of this episode is during one of their regular Friday night dinners with the grandparents... Rory gets roped into going to the club with her grandfather. That's kind of the main... Oh, and at the same time, the B-plot is Lorelai at the inn is planning, orchestrating a wedding. She's not really planning it. The wedding happens. Uh, but she's she's doing a wedding, getting it ready and coordinating it. So the, the primary conflict of the episode is definitely the Rory going to the club, mainly because Lorelai has very conflicted feelings about that, which we will explore I should in depth. mention here that the club is not a nightclub. I just, oh, yeah. It just occurred to me. <laughs> the it is club. a country club. Yeah. Correct. Yes, good point. Richard is not taking Rory to the club. <laughs> He's taking her to... <laughs> The old rich white people club, the country club. Uh, So let's get into the meat of the episode. Uh, We open on a Friday dinner, like I said, and kind of the first bit of the episode is introducing the fact that the elder Gilmores are constantly firing and hiring new help. Uh, There's kind of a back and forth about all of the different, uh, I guess they sort of refer to them as the cook. I don't know. It's sort of like a cook slash housekeeper. Is it a maid? It's just a maid. I think she says maid. Well, but yeah, the, you know what? I've got cooks down here in my notes. So well, the, the main thing that we see the help, there's usually only one person around as the help. And the main thing we see them do is bring out food uh, yeah. for the dinner that they have cooked. But presumably they probably also help clean up the house. It's uh, supposedly a pretty big house and it's usually pretty pristine. And it's a running gag for them. I mean, throughout mm-hmm. 
I, I don't know if it how long it continues, but at least in the first season, we've got a a lot of turnover with the cook made person. And in fact, with this episode, I kind of liked my my alternate title, which is I like Sophia, because that's that's a that's something is that something that Richard, Richard says? says. Yeah, Richard says that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's wrong. He actually liked Anton, the man. The man. And how did you not know that they? <laughs> yeah. Then there's this back and forth between him and, and Lorelai about how he could get them confused. But Anton is a man. Mm-hmm. And Sophia is a woman. <laughs> the full list of uh, names that they've gone through is Heidi, Trina, Sophia, Anton, and now finally Mira, which is how Emily introduces uh, this particular help. Or not introduces, but she tells Lorelai that the current help is Mira, except she's wrong. It's Sarah, not Mira. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you're missing Sarah there, but that's why. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yep. and yeah, she and and so it it's a it's a running gag, but it also establishes that this is a well-to-do family, mm-hmm. and that Emily uh, is a bit arrogant and elitist she can't be bothered to remember the name of the person who cooks her food yeah and she's also i mean demanding to the point of farce like it it seems highly unlikely that that many people have come and gone because they were bad at the Mm -hmm. job i guess we we don't know (laughs) the implication is that emily is firing them all it's also possible that some of them are quitting they're just leaving yeah like maybe emily (laughs) pretends live she's with fired. emily yeah, exactly <laughs> emily pretends she's firing them but really it's just every person who goes to work there can only stand her for so long yeah she is perfection incarnate and she does not want anything less in her servants her yeah. slaves and this might and this might change later on because i definitely have not actually as of right now seen every single episode of the show but i'm pretty sure we never really get more in-depth conversations with these actual people than no. you see like the, the only thing that sarah the help does in this episode is correct lorelei when she calls her mira yeah well and you know there's something about this too that i i, I just just occurred to me that as we go through these episodes of a show that we both loved mm-hmm. when it was on and, and still do love i can see us getting increasingly crotchety and <laughs> and and getting to a point where we actually don't like these characters anymore because we're taking we're showing you know their negative sides and there's yeah. a lot of negativity to see in these people there's For a lot sure. of good things too you know a lot of positive behaviors um and it's hard to not like them mm-hmm. but boy we could get to that point i just want to put that out there <laughs> i mean yeah it's it's interesting how much a character being funny will make you like them despite all of their other characteristics. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. my favorite character is Michelle, and he is objectively a rude person. <laughs> he he's terrible. I mean, he's terrible to everybody. He's he doesn't he doesn't discriminate. He's terrible to everybody. And <laughs> it's true, he yeah, it's and and humor does relieve a lot of things. I think also it especially helps when the humor is aimed at the person making the joke. So when they yeah. can understand that their behavior has been bad and make make fun of themselves or accept and you know that that they've done a bad thing or they have you know exhibited terrible characteristics and they do I think and that may be why we continue to love the characters because we know that this is surface level in a lot of a lot of times and that eventually that sometimes they do admit admit the mistakes they've made I also think, I mean, this isn't true for every character, but when it comes to Michelle, I feel like I actually 
love him more now than I did as a teenager because fact about me I you you know this I worked at a big box store who I will not name specifically because who knows what legal action they might yet take about me uh, against me but um, I worked in in retail for about two years and boy I wish I could have talked to some of the customers the way Michelle talks to the people at the end yeah yeah. Oh man, some of them and get away it. with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, it. and it's not realistic because he he would have been fired a long time ago. I mean, it's one yeah. thing to talk to your boss like that on occasion, but he talks to all the employees that way, mm-hmm. and all of the guests, and the guests are their you know bread and butter, and he doesn't he doesn't dis- distinguish it. You know, he just yeah. talks to everybody the same way. He's very rude. He's rude in a funny and adorable way, but he's still rude. Although I will say, I feel like there's a little element of, and maybe this is just a joke about the fact that he's French, because French people are kind of known to be rude, and to some people that in itself might be charming, but I feel like he kind of reminds me of the stereotype of the hipster barista in like a a snooty coffee shop who like is always rude to you because they're so cool, but like people just put up with it because the place is so cool, and the fact Mm -hmm. that the barista is mean is like part of what makes it cool i feel Mm -hmm. like michelle is a little bit that kind of person and where have we actually seen that at have we seen that in like i want to say fraser but i I can't it's been such a long time since we saw an episode of fraser that i'm not sure but i know we've seen it specifically if you're oh oh, lisa Lisa kudrow oh yeah lisa Lisa, kudrow lisa kudrow in in mad about you her character in mad about you and then in Friends, I mean, you know, she's kind of, she carried that stick on to Friends, but she started it in Mad About You, you're right, she was just, she was kind of rude, but also just kind of, you know, space weird. cadet-y, yeah. weird, yeah, and made off-the-wall comments that she continued to make in Friends. Yeah. Um, but, and and like it was her, the same, wasn't it the same character? It was supposed to be the same no, character, No, she, she right? plays twins, so her character in Mad oh, About You is a yeah. waitress. And there's, God, this is my my weirdly encyclopedic knowledge of this. Her character in Mad About You is a waitress who, I don't even remember that much about Mad About You, but I remember the, the crossover between Mad About You and Friends. Uh, the waitress character is named Ursula, and she's Phoebe's identical twin sister. And the difference between them is Ursula is a waitress and really mean. Phoebe is equally weird, but she's not actually mean. Like Never she, mean. She Mm-mm. and Ursula don't get along because Ursula's kind of a B word and Phoebe is like light and hippie and loves everybody. And she's a vegetarian Mm -hmm. Uh, and a masseuse. Like her, her entire job is like making people feel better. Um, And yeah, there's like a a crossover episode where the characters from mad about you meet her and she doesn't know them, but they think that she's Ursula and they like greet her and her response is, is like weird enough that they do just assume that that's Ursula because Ursula's weird and she acts yeah. like she doesn't know them, which makes sense for Ursula who because like, she would refuses yeah. to remember people. Yeah, well, yeah, we're going to pull on some some cultural references here, people. Be <laughs> yeah. ready, be ready. If you haven't seen these shows, go watch them. <laughs> oh man, I I am on board with doing a Fraser re- rewatch. When oh we God, yeah, Rose, yeah. Frasier, man, what a great show that was. And it holds up. It really holds up. Man About You does, too. I mean, they, they both really hold up. Anyway, back to Gilmore Girls. Okay, yes, back to back to the show we're actually talking about. Okay, mm-hmm. 
after credits, uh, so the, the, we do the, the credit roll, uh, and then after credits, we're still at the dinner, and Emily and Lorelai have a very interesting back and forth. So Emily is the one who, uh, the, the, the background to this is Rory needs to take up a sport at school, and she lists off a couple that she could do, and one of them is golf. Golf is an option to her at this super rich person school. And as soon as she says that, Emily just lights up and she's like, oh, Richard could take you to the club and he could show you how to golf. You could do golf. <laughs> she's immediately very into this idea, which is definitely kind of funny in and of itself. Like most people don't think 16 year old girls are going to want to golf. But Emily, you, it very quickly becomes clear that Emily sees this as kind of an opportunity to start pulling Rory into the other upper crusty uh, stuff that she and Richard are into that Lorelai has long disdained. Yeah. Uh, and Lorelai, accordingly, is very much not on board with this idea. Yeah, and we, they also set up something that doesn't get played out here, but that will play out later on. There's this, uh, who Lorelai is named for. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> Richard, because uh, they're talking about, I don't remember how it comes up. Oh, she was a, quite a, an accomplished woman, my mother. Uh, as opposed yes. to Rory's mother or Emily's mother. And Emily ignores him and calls uh, Mara Sarah back. <laughs> um, yes. And so we don't really know what's going on there. It's kind of, uh, is it foreshadowing? But it's really a lengthy foreshadow because it's much further down the road, I think. so. Yeah, it's also a bit of a continuity error because they refer to Richard's mother in the past tense as if she has died. And mm. I'm like almost 100% certain that she is not dead and she shows yeah. up physically later in the show. Sorry if that's a spoiler. Well, and she and she may be out of their lives for whatever reason. We don't yeah. really know yet. And I can't remember because it's, it's been, you know, 15 years since I saw this. So maybe it's um, like there the is royal something, we. And, and, and there's something, there's just some kind of tension here. There's always tension in this family. But there's some, some kind of tension here about whose side of the family was more accomplished. Ah, yes. Which that might be a running theme as, as we move forward. But um, anyway, so back to the golf clubs. Lorelai's golf clubs. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. Emily says that Rory can use Lorelai's golf clubs, which are, quote, upstairs gathering dust along with the rest of her potential. Yeah. <laughs> Great line. <laughs> oh, you know, it's a line that every parent would love to say at one point or another, but she, she comes up and, well, she's got writers. Let's, let's yeah, be she's honest. Got writers, yeah. um, but it, it's a perfect line because it says exactly what Emily feels about Lorelai, that she yeah. had all this potential. And, you know, at this point, we're in episode three and we can see that. That has been played out for us because Lorelai isn't just this, 16, this woman who dropped out of high school at 16 years old and had a baby. She's a very accomplished woman. She is getting her degree. She, she manages an historic inn uh, and has raised a child on her own with no help from anybody. And she is an incredible, and she handles when she has issues or problems, as we will see in this episode, um, with guests. And, and in this case, it's the wedding and the mother of the bride and all that. She handles these people so expertly. Yeah. She is an incredibly accomplished woman. She did not leave her potential in her high school yeah, bedroom sure. by any means. But But her mother can't see that, at least not yet. Yeah, because she hasn't followed the life that Emily would see as worthwhile, even though the life that she has followed is one that you and I and most people would see as worthwhile. She is successful at what she does. What she does is, uh, I mean, 
right now it's not her small business, but what she does is essentially manage a small business, mm-hmm. which is definitely a pretty decent career. Yeah. Um, it's, and a, yeah. it's a difficult one because it's hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she's, she's also built a life for herself and built a community that is her family. Yeah. Um, that has replaced the family, her birth, you know, the birth family that she grew up with because they kind of rejected her. Mm-hmm. And this new, new community, this new family that, you know, her chosen family. And I, we might have mentioned this in the first two episodes. Like, like Tess <laughs> said um, earlier, it's been a couple months since we recorded the first two episodes. Yes. So if we're repeating a little bit here, you'll have to excuse us. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so Lorelai is opposed to Emily forcing the the golf issue, and she takes Emily into uh, the other room to talk about it, not in front of Rory and Richard. And Emily essentially kind of rhetorically traps her. Uh, I yeah. would say it's that's uh, a great job of it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's fair to say that this is sort of a chess match and Emily wins. Um, oh yeah, yeah. She, she basically gets Lorelai to admit that that what Lorelai is doing is trying to control the situation, control. while at the mm-hmm. same time she's accusing Emily of being controlling. Uh, mm-hmm. And so yeah, so Emily kind of turns it around on her and is like, "Oh, so you're saying that you don't want Rory to do this thing? That sounds a little controlling. Interesting, mm-hmm. isn't it?" Uh, yeah, yep. she actually yeah, you being the one who's controlling. I guess you and I are more alike than you thought. Well, and, and you know that's an interesting thing too because in their short conversations, Lorelai usually wins the argument. Yes. But in this case, I think Emily goes for the long game mm-hmm. and when they've got longer conversations going on, she often wins. Because mm-hmm. she, she takes a little, because she builds, you know, she builds the story. She, tra- like you said, traps Lorelai into making this uh, admission mm-hmm. that she basically wants to control this situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. It basically forces Lorelai to agree to let Rory go. Um, and I do think, I mean, a part of the reason that Emily wins is that she's got two really good points. Uh, the first is that Rory hasn't actually said for sure that she doesn't want to do this thing. So mm-hmm. why not give her the chance? Uh, and the second is that Lorelai and Emily are a lot more alike than either of them really wants to admit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in this yes. instance, Emily's like, turning this around the being controlling thing but really the thing that makes them so alike is that they are both they they do both kind of approach conversations like chess matches and they're both chess masters you know they're both Mm -hmm. really smart and witty and uh really professional i'm I'm, it's not clear that emily has ever actually held a job because she's from a generation where Mm -hmm. you know being a housewife is really what was the proper thing to do but she is involved in a ton of community activities and she has a place of importance there so she's very productive in her personal life she's she's not uh, she's not a paid professional, but she is a mm-hmm. a, a, vol- a professional volunteer, yeah. and and a highly skilled woman herself. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene at the end of this episode that I don't want to get into yet, but in this particular scene, it kind of 
stop and think for a couple of seconds about what kind of childhood Lorelai must have had. Yeah. And that is partially answered towards the end, and we'll get to that in a minute. But there's so there's some foreshadowing here. All right. Um. So yeah. So it is agreed that Rory will go. Rory and Lorelai leave the dinner. And... Oh, and before they do, and actually I've got my notes down here. It looks like they have we been skipping back and forth between scenes here no. because I've got the I got the Doublemint twins thrown in here, and we'll get oh, to no, them th- in a minute. That's, that's what but we're going to next. That's, that's what. Okay. So, but before we leave this scene, um, there's one comment that Emily makes to Richard, where she talks to him and and she reprimands him because, and it says that this day will make him, will make him happy. And he he doesn't want to hear that. That, Uh, But also when they... Sorry, in, okay, in a second. Well, in the, are we getting to that then? You want to skip ahead? or? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, well, so the very next scene is the, the twins scene. So yeah, that, that was the end of the dinner. Um, and then the next scene is we uh, Lorelai at work. So this is the wedding that I mentioned in the brief summary. Lorelai at work is getting ready for a wedding, and it's a double wedding. It's a wedding with twins, these two twin blonde girls who are, for some reason, dressed in a decidedly the way that they dress these two girls throughout the episode is like it's always matching patterns but like a slightly different silhouette so like i think at one at one point one of them is wearing like plaid pants and the other one is wearing like a plaid skirt with the same mm. plaid mm-hmm. but it's like one is one is in the so yeah they're they're dressed sort of like an over uh, like an over involved mom might dress her twins complimentary well, and, but not exactly the same and that's a good point to make because the mother is in this scene too and she you know complains about these girls throughout this episode mm-hmm. uh and it's it's just she hates I her mean, children she, she hates her children and they act like children they don't act like young women getting married who are adults mm-hmm. fully capable of making decisions she has treated them like children for way yeah. too long and yet she tries to make it seem like it's their fault well, she um, she blames know, it on their father. She says their she father blames it on their father for them. spoiling them. Yeah. When you know, oh God, it's hard to tell. It's a surface level uh, relationship. So it's hard yeah. to tell what's really going on here. But these girls are not mature enough to be getting married. Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but the but the the point of these scenes, I think, is to show how competent Lorelai is. Yeah. And how she handles the guests. How she handles. Um, the event, all of the details of the event. I mean, she mm-hmm. is she is fixing problems every couple of seconds. There's a new problem she's yeah. fixing uh, with her employees, with the needs of the family, with everything. And they go back and forth. There are the swans. We may not be there yet, but there's there's yeah, you yeah. know there's music. There's there's just all kinds of details in this this wedding. Uh, and I will throw in here too that the one problem I have with this episode is it's playing around with the timeline in oh, fact yeah, for sure um when we watched this again last week together we were actually in the same physical space for the first time in, in a long yes. time and we watched it together and i kind of can't try to keep track of the days as we mm-hmm. went along to see where we were and we're still not sure if the wedding happens on a wednesday or a thursday yeah. one of those two days but but the timeline is kind of mixed up um and 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 that's that's a problem for me, I guess. I may not be a problem for anybody else, but it but it does keep happening. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that was. I, I I guess I can't speak unilaterally about all shows, but I feel like that was a pretty common thing for television at the time. Is like you just sort okay. of had the 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 story move along as it would, and 
you know, if it lined up, it lined up, and if it didn't, it didn't. I I, I do remember a, a number of, like, I, I watched a lot of Dawson's Creek, and I feel like a lot of Dawson's Creek episodes distinctly happen over a weekend, so that they can mm. just sort of have things happen at will. Yeah. Um, but almost any episode that doesn't happen over a weekend, it, this is definitely a big problem with teenage shows to this day uh Mm -hmm. is the idea of do any teenagers in teenage dramas actually go to class yeah go to school yeah (laughs) because i don't i'm not do they ever sleep yeah do they ever sleep do they ever actually learn well Uh, and i think there's a lot of cutting back and forth between the scenes in this show and this is a a constant it's not just in this episode it's just the way they make this show they cut back and forth and in normal normal uh, episodes you might see a Rory at school and then Lorelai mm-hmm. at work and then the two of them together in Luke's cafe and and then you go back and forth and and it's it'll cut back and forth sometimes in the middle of a scene like it did at the beginning of this episode where they're at dinner and we cut back to the hotel and then we come back and they're still at dinner i mean yep. and it, you know it's, it's like cutting back and forth and it's a little crazy <laughs> it drives me a little crazy anyway uh, so one the one main other thing that I wanted to mention about the wedding is that it also kind of serves as a parallel uh, for the both kind of Lorelai's relationship with Rory and Emily's relationship uh, with sorry, did I just say Lori no okay Lorelai's relationship <laughs> with Rory and Emily's relationship with Lorelai that this is a a mom we never see the dad in theory they have a dad but he does not show up to the wedding as far as we can tell or if he does he's never introduced to us and she has two daughters instead of one Um, but there's actually a distinct moment I think possibly in this first scene maybe later not sure it doesn't matter Uh, there's a moment where uh, Lorelai is uh, walking with the mom and trying to get her to calm down and uh, you know telling her that she can go upstairs and have a bath and she'll send up a masseuse who looks like Antonio Banderas and the woman is very grateful and then she asks her if she has children and Lorelai says yes she has a daughter and the woman asks her if she likes her daughter and uh, Lorelai says well I wasn't too fond of her during birth but after that yes and the woman says that was the high point for me yeah (laughs) and you know um as someone who has been through childbirth without medication and I can tell you that's a pretty fucking strong statement to make because she might have had excuse my language the f word here in the middle of the game but she um so the mother must have been drugged is mm-hmm. what i'm saying and and lorelei might not have been because yeah. she might not have had insurance and if you don't have insurance you know yeah I think, yeah uh, i think rory explains at some point i think rory tells us if if lorelei was drugged i do think i do think lorelei was given drugs because i think she that's part of why she ended up naming Rory Rory because she just like oh that's right she was coming out of it yeah, yeah 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 making our lives in this podcast hell forevermore because <laughs> Lorelai and Rory are so close together and it's so hard to say them they yeah. couldn't have picked two worse names if they'd tried they certainly obviously did not see us coming so yeah. uh, all right so uh so Sometime after that, we may not be following the timeline of the episode exactly, but uh, jumping to the next big scene, 
uh, is uh, Richard and Emily uh, waiting for Rory to show up so that Richard can take her to the club. Uh, Richard is complaining about her being late, and this is when we get that comment that you were talking about where Emily tells him that basically he needs to get his shit together and realize that this could be a fun day for him as well. And that she wants, she's basically telling him she wants Rory in their lives. And this is one way to do that. She, she has, she has guessed that Rory is going to enjoy the club. And as we will find out momentarily, she is correct. Uh, And so, yeah, so she's, she's telling Richard, this isn't just for Rory. This is also for us. Okay, so I don't think we've cut back. and Yeah, so we, we did skip something. Uh, the twin girls are marrying twin boys. Oh, yes. And one of the things that Michelle says at one point is he gets to name them. They're the <laughs> Devilment twins. And if you, you maybe you have to be of a certain age to get that reference. Did you get it when you first saw it? I did, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I guess. Yeah, but people today might not. Those commercials have been off the air They, for a they long are kind of old, yeah. But yeah. so Devilment, 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 good. And they had they did these commercials with sets of twins who Double were was clearly gum? it's gum it's yeah Doubleman is gum, and it was just a, a line a branding thing that they did for I don't even remember we I should probably have looked it up before we <laughs> did what you know what year, but uh, I want to say eighties nineties right you know before, way before yeah. this show was on. Well, I remember them, so they had to still be on sometimes in the nineties. Um, but let's see, a basic Google search is telling me that there was one of these ads was in nineteen eighty seven. So okay. That must have been when it started. I think they still played yep. those ads through the 90s. It's in 87. They could have been, re- well, there's one in 98. So I think um, 87, well, 83, there's one there Ooh. too. So 83 okay. to 98, which is still done, but very recent yes. for, the, for when the Gilmore Girls was, was, was on the air. So anyway, so there's that scene. And then the, and the did, other... Did, did um, we actually say, so th- these commercials featured sets of twins, that's the that's whole, tw- that's the Dating joke. each other. Dating each other sometimes, yeah. And the other thing that, that Michelle does in this scene that's, that's a f- uh, visual gag that is hilarious, he insists he's got their names right. One of them's oh, yeah. Matt. <laughs> a Matt and Mike or something. I can't remember. But, yeah. but their names are very similar. Matt and, and Mark, maybe? Matt, yeah, something like that. And then they, one of them turns around, he's got a post-it note on his back that Michelle <laughs> has put there. Yes. And, and he's got, so, and, so what he, and not only that, but he, what he's been insisting has been wrong. Uh-huh. He's got, he's got <laughs> a no, that, that is Mark. I know. And then he sees the post-it note. Oh, oh, then that is Mike. <laughs> so, but back to the other thing I wanted to say about the scene with Richard and Emily as they are waiting for their granddaughter is, once again, and, and this is why I brought up, uh, what was the problem I brought up earlier? Um, the timeline problem. There's another con- continuity issue here with the door that they use to enter and exit mm. the house. And I know mm-hmm. this seems like a, a, a nitpicky thing, but when Lorelai and Rory visit on Friday evenings that almost always come in through the main front door. Mm-hmm. But they left uh, after the dinner the first night, which was Friday night. So this is our timeline here. When they left Friday night, they left through a different door. Then when uh, Emily and uh, Richard are waiting for Rory, they are waiting at this other door, which yeah. seems to be a side front door, kind of like I have at my house. You know, they have a, a side front door, and so there's a, a door door there, and then there's a uh, patio door to the left. So it's like a, I don't know, maybe it's a, a fancy mudroom. I, I it's really hard to say. Yeah. But it's a different entryway, and we don't see it a lot. Yeah. You know, it's like this episode, we've seen it twice 
I'm not sure we ever see it again. Maybe we do. Maybe they figured it was a continuity problem and they stopped using it. Uh, But anyway, so that's the door that they're having their conversation, that uh, that area, that doorway area, that they're having their conversation in where she reminds him that this should be fun, that he should, you know, he loves his granddaughter and he should not go into it with a bad attitude. And then Rory shows up and she is... 30 minutes late. <laughs> yes. She's 30, 30 minutes, minutes late. late. But she does immediately apologize. And mm-hmm. uh, Emily gives her a kind of silly hat to wear. Um, but Rory uh, accepts it uh, relatively graciously. graciously. And then they head off to the club. And Richard does uh, get off one snarky remark about how it would be a, a lovelier day if they were able to tee off at eight like he wanted. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, one yep. quick look from Emily, a warning look from Emily, and he's kind of leaves it at that. Uh, and they head to the club. And uh, we pretty much cut to them walking along a, you know, a beautiful green uh, area at the country club. And he asks Rory... Well, actually, he starts by uh, telling Rory um, about his job because she asks him. Uh, she says, like, I, I sort of know what you do, but I, I don't really know what your job is. And so he starts to explain it and then says, oh, you know, it's it's probably way too boring for, you know, a young woman like you. And she her response is she doesn't say like, oh, no, she 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 kind of responds with oh, in this, like, very disappointed, like, I'm sad that you're not going to tell me about your job kind of way. And Richard's sort of, you can kind of, I feel like this is the moment that his whole demeanor about the day starts to shift, where Mm -hmm. he realizes, oh, she really wanted to know. So he does Mm -hmm. tell her. And I will just say, I didn't want to know. I think Richard's job is super boring. He does. Well, and it is boring, but it is something that adults talk about and he probably figured she actually is interested whereas a lot of times he probably has this 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 kind of conversation with other men other businessmen and they really are not interested yeah so he assumes that she is just like them but she's not this is her grandfather she wants to know what he does for a living her mom has never told her Mm -hmm. and he also like it could also be that Lorelai has always told him that his job is boring so he assumed that Rory would feel the same and it is it is boring but is. but, but Rory is open. She is more open. She didn't have to grow up in the environment that Lorelai yeah. did. So mm-hmm. she can be more open. She's got that freedom that Lorelai didn't have. She's also that kind of nerdy ingenue who genuinely just wants to learn more about the yep. world. She is. Even if it's something that other kids might not be interested in because they don't think it's cool enough. Like she doesn't care what's cool. She just wants to know things. Yeah. And that's kind of And she charming. wants to be a writer, so those yes. those things will come in handy for her. Um, yeah. And then, so he softens a bit in that scene, and the softening continues. Uh, and then yes. they get into talking about what Rory likes to do, and, or what she wants to do. And one thing she says, she wants to travel. Oh, yes. And then they talk about this place called Fez. Fez. F-E-Z. I have never heard of that. I have no <laughs> idea what it is, where I it, it is. And I, and I didn't look it up. <laughs> I thought it was a hat, too. Yeah. Which I think is the joke they make. That they, it is a joke. They make a joke at some point. Oh, he probably thought it was a hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's actually Lorelai makes that joke about Richard. Um, real quick, just mm-hmm. before that, Richard does ask Rory, what do you know about golf? And her response is, it's a good walk spoiled. Which, <laughs> And, you know, it is a beautiful where they're walking is incredibly beautiful. My experience with having, I've been to maybe three 
or four country clubs in my lifetime. You know, not as a member, but just as special events. And there's a, there's a stark difference in the newer ones and the older ones. This mm. is an older country club because there's there are old trees that have grown. Mm. It's like a park. Uh, it's got a park-like setting. Newer country clubs tend to not have that. Yeah. And, uh, and when you drive through an older country club, and there's one really close to where I grew up, it is beautiful. And, you know, you drive through it and you think, wow, there's a lot of land uh, and not all of it's a golf course. And, and, you know, they put some time and effort into growing these trees that make it a a park-like setting. And it is beautiful. So when they're walking through and she says, this is really beautiful, she's right. But but," (laughs) her grandfather had never noticed it before. Yeah. She opens yeah. his eyes to this. Yeah, yeah. She's she's kind of the one who's telling him how beautiful it is, and, and he says that he'd, he'd never really noticed, and she asks him how often he gets to come down there, and he says not very often because he works, and she's like, well, that's a real shame. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're right, it is. And you can just kind of see him seeing her in a new light and seeing that she sort of has insight into his life that he might not have noticed, and it's, it's mm-hmm. a sympathetic insight that is endearing to him and he's a hardened guy at this point he has kind of inured himself to the business world he's just he shut himself down he probably did a lot of that shutting down when his daughter left when when Lorelai left their household that probably helped or made it worse he's a hardened guy he's not a soft guy and his relationship with Rory changes his life and it starts in this scene yeah for sure um, okay, so just keeping with the scenes really fast, uh, the next scene, um, we don't have to talk about it that much, but we cut to uh, Suki in the kitchen, um, our Uh-oh. favorite Melissa McCarthy. Lorelai comes in and she's kind of bummed about Rory being trapped at the club and uh, she tells Suki, tell me something happy. But Suki has just learned that uh, Jackson, the fruit supplier, I can't remember if we've talked about him yet or not. So, but all, all you really need to know is his name is Jackson. He supplies the inn with fruit, and he and Suki have kind of an ongoing, somewhat contentious, somewhat flirty relationship where she is always very exacting and critical of the fruit that he brings. So and today, vegetables. He brings vegetables, and vegetables too. He's yeah, produce. Yeah. He's produce, yeah. Um, so today, she, he was supposed to bring her strawberries because she's uh, supposed to make strawberry shortcake for the wedding. But instead, he brings her blueberries because the strawberries were not good enough. Suki is, of course, devastated because she can't make blueberry shortcake. That's not Because a thing. it doesn't exist, she says. <laughs> yeah. It's not a thing. It's not a real thing. It doesn't, yeah. <laughs> So uh, Lorelai comes in and says, tell me something happy, Suki. And Suki says, I can't make the strawberry shortcake. <laughs> Lorelai just goes, wow, you suck at this game. And um, what is Lorelai doing while this is going on? Drinking She's coffee. getting herself a cup of coffee. And actually, <laughs> she, she pours cream in it, which I don't, you don't see her do very often. Because I always wonder, you know, when she's, in, when she's in Luke's and he brings coffee to her and she just starts guzzling it and doesn't yeah. add anything to it. But in this scene, she... It's probably to make the scene go a little bit better. She's yeah. walking around. She gets the coffee. She goes to get cream. She, and she does get one sip before she has to leave. All right. So, yeah, that's basically it. We just check in with them at the wedding. Uh, and then we get back to the club. 
Roar, uh, Richard is showing. I, th- I think we we we're skipping around a little bit here, but Richard did uh, show Rory how to do a swing, and she kind of messed it up twice in a row where she hit the ground instead of the ball. But he was very patient about it. And then when we cut back, their dialogue tells us that Rory did finally hit one of the balls straight into the water. Um, and I think this is where we get some of their discussion about how pretty uh, the club is. And this is where we also get one of the other the, good bits of the episode. Were you going to say? The odious woman. Yes. The most <laughs> odious woman alive. So that's what I, I was and saying. You know, I, would, I would call this episode the most odious woman alive. <laughs> and, and the thing is, we don't ever see her being odious. Um, mm-hmm. But there are other women in this episode who yes. are kind of odious. So they're talking about this woman who never says anything but, but the nicest things, and yet she gets called that two or three times. So, yeah, they're walking along. He, they, they've had their Fez discussion, and yes. she comes she comes rolling up in a golf cart. Very nice to both of them. She oh, and she's, she's got, herself. like, a little dog, right? She's, she's got, got a, little a dog, dog in her lap, her. yeah. And, and so he calls her the most odious woman alive. And I'm just going to do a shortcut here and, and skip ahead a little bit. But then later, then they go to the sauna. The yeah, that's room, actually the next thing. And so he goes into the men's steam room, and Rory goes into the women's. And my, my first thought was, do people take a steam, quote unquote, in the middle of a golf game? I mean, that's kind of wild. That's but anyway, a good question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, so the sauna conversation where uh, Richard is, you know, goes in a yeah. lot of different directions. They're talking about their children and grandchildren in a nasty way. Not he, not him, but not his him. I, three friends there are talking there's about a, there's their There's a kids. distinct genderedness to the conversation because they're they're specifically. I don't think any one of them mentions a grandson. They're talking about their granddaughters, granddaughters. and how they have yeah. tattoos and they yes. wear really short skirts. Yeah, one, and, one of them has and tattoos and uh, piercings and doesn't like going to the club. The other one says that his granddaughter. Looks like she fell off a potato truck, which I'm not sure what that means, except it does sound vaguely classist, like he's saying Mm -hmm. she looks low class. Not sure. And Richard doesn't really uh, jump in a lot. He does mention that his Mm -hmm. granddaughter's with him and that she is a student at Chilton, and they are impressed by that. But also, I think the more important thing here is you see on his face how lucky he is that he has this grandchild that he can be proud of in his own way. I mean... these other men should probably be proud of their grandchildren too and should not be making these snarky comments about them because they probably love their grandchildren. But yeah. they, they feel free to do that. And he does not. He does not say anything. And he could. He could say, well, my granddaughter's a bastard. Because she is. He could say a lot of things, but he doesn't. Because he realizes for the first time that this snarkiness is kind of awful. Yeah, And yeah. why would you talk about your grandchild that way? He does not seem like he's enjoying their conversation no. until he gets the moment to boast about Rory, not about to Rory. degrade her. They're, they're all mm-hmm. talking about the granddaughters, and he says, well, my granddaughter Rory is going to Chilton, mm-hmm. uh, and she's taking to golf quite well. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> she, yeah, she hits the ball one time. Yeah, uh, but... <laughs> you can, you can, you, but yeah, you can kind of see on his face that he's like not really interested in their conversation, but he does enjoy getting to brag about Rory. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the other steam room where Rory is, mm-hmm. and she's just sitting there quietly listening to all the women talking. She picks up all this gossip that later on she's going to share with, yes. with her grandfather. But when the odious woman walks in, she comes in and, I don't know, she says, she doesn't stay very long, I don't think. She, yeah, she and, just like greets them, I think. Greets them, leaves. takes off, and the women 
call her the most odious, the most woman, odious alive. woman alive. Yeah. And it's like, where? Where, where, where is she odious? She's <laughs> yeah, been we, nice we to everybody. Know. We don't know. But I do, yeah. do want to talk about, so it's, it's two other women, and I do kind of want to talk about their conversation real quick because it is kind of, it's like sort of similar to the men's conversation, but different. It's sort mm-hmm. of like a parallel. They're gossiping about other people who are known at the club, and they're definitely gossiping, but I feel like their gossip is actually kind of much nicer than the men's. Like, the men yeah. are just sort of shitting on their granddaughters. The The women's conversation is specifically about, like, this dude who I think, like, cheated on his wife. And uh, the other, like, the one woman says, like, oh, yes, he like he cheated with the tennis instructor or something. She, she or no, maybe it wasn't the tennis instructor because it's a tennis bracelet. Like, the, the wife found that he had given the other woman the same tennis bracelet as her or something and the other woman says oh she should have shot him like Janie did <laughs> like his first <laughs> wife did and the, and the the first one responds oh I love Janie is she out yet <laughs> so it's like it's incredibly salacious gossip but they're both kind of pro trying to kill your husband if he cheated on you mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, I, yeah, mean, and- bo- I mean, both sets of, oh, and all these people are older. They're all Richard's age. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not even middle-aged. You know, they're they're cringing in on senior, seniorhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but both sets, the men and the women, are kind of funny and cute. Mm-hmm. It's just that they're, you know, the men are kind of malicious. Uh, and the women are, they're, so they're, the women are, are fulfill our, you know, stereotypes. Gossiping women. Gossiping rich women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, all right, so uh, then we cut back to the inn, and this is actually when we get the swans. Kirk appears, and I believe he is actually called Kirk this time instead of Mick, his name from the first episode. Um, so Kirk appears with swans. There's a joke about how it was supposed to be like 30 swans, and it's literally two swans. Yeah. Um, Lorelai gives Michelle um, a choice. He can either show Kirk where the swans go, which he doesn't want to do because he had a bad incident in the Luxembourg Gardens when he was a kid. <laughs> uh, and he's been he's hated swans ever since, which means he's terrified of swans. Mm-hmm. But he can either do that or he can help Drella, the harpist, who we've also seen before, move her harp inside and he decides that he hates drella more than swans more uh, than he's so afraid he... of the swans yeah when kirk he, i think he does have a name here that's not kirk but i can't remember what it was and i and i didn't write well, it down in the first episode he's called mick but i'm pretty sure in this one he is actually called kirk I, I or or he's just not called anything I, maybe he doesn't have a name maybe he just mentions the company's name i don't know but his his response to every question she asks him is no Mm-hmm. No. Um, one time he might say, I don't know, but but mostly it's no. He's refusing to do anything with he's these swans. He's brought them, and he's just going to leave them, and you can take it or leave it. He's very mm-hmm. obnoxious. And, you know, the, he, so he's clearly not the character Kirk, even if they, his name is Kirk, because the character Kirk who comes, you know, into the series later on is, is a much more, is a much nicer guy. This guy is I, just... I, he's, he's a weirder guy. Well, I don't he's know, weird, but... Like, he, 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 he is... He is definitely a social person in his own way, Hmm. but I do think that there is a similarity in the obstinate. He's obstinate. He's always obstinate. Yeah, and there's there's definitely obstinates here. Yeah, and that that is a part of him going forward. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, oh, and then we get Drella uh, making a comment about how she likes to watch Michelle walk away. Yes, <laughs> Drella, so, so Drella like... is a great character. She doesn't show up a lot. I don't, yeah. 
We may, this may be the last time we see her. But I also want to go back to the tool that they're putting out. Oh, yes. And here's another thing. Here's another scene where um, Lorelai is going back and forth between three or four problems that she has mm-hmm. to fix or solve. But one of them is that she has to get the guys, the men, who mm-hmm. don't understand what, why, why this is important, to get the tool in the right place. But, but here's the thing. I have been reading that word tool my entire life, and mm-hmm. I swore it was pronounced tull. T-U-L-L-E is what we're talking about. It's a meshy kind of material. And one of the guys is putting it on the tree. And she tells him, no, 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 we need it on the chair, not on the tree. Anyway. Yeah, so, but yeah, I, I've I've known that it's technically pronounced tool for a while, and I still read it as tall. I, I don't know, just can't unlearn it in my brain. No, it's <laughs> it's a weird word. Um, all right, so after that, we cut back to the club um, where Rory and Richard are uh, regrouping up um, to have lunch together, uh, which is also kind of a uh, the fact that they that Richard readily invited her to have lunch with him is sort of a sign that he has softened on her because at the mm-hmm. beginning Emily told him to take her to lunch and he was reticent he, he did yeah. not want to do it he was like look I'm just going to do the golf and then we're going to come home but then he readily invites her to join him for lunch mm-hmm. and they're having a great time at lunch they're exchanging all of the gossip they they do that part of their exchange is a little I'm not sure if it's a little homophobic or a little transphobic. It's sort of unclear. But part of the gossip that Rory imparts um, to Richard is uh, Mr. Neville likes all things frilly. And Richard is affronted by this and says, good God, he's my broker. Rory's response is actually in her defense. She says, well, I don't think one will affect the other. Yeah. Yeah. But but also the thing about this conversation they're having is they go back and forth kind of like Rory and Laura. Like do, mm-hmm. and and it's like all of a sudden, and this is a so if if Richard were having this conversation with Lorelai, he would be getting disgusted with her. But instead, yeah. he's her. He's yeah. taken over her part. I mean, maybe it's Rory, but but the back and forth that they do about a on a whole range of topics. That's one of them. The conversation that they have, where she shares the gossip with him, is yes. just it's it's heartwarming. It's cute. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. And then the the old men show up. The old men from the sauna show up um, and uh, eat with them. And it, it it kind of seems like Richard uh, very clearly prefers Rory's company to theirs at this point. I mean, he you know he allows them to sit, but you can just mm-hmm. tell that he's he's kind of he kind of doesn't want to yeah he, he kind of yeah. doesn't seem like uh-huh. like she, she lets them sit down and i think she's perfectly happy to meet more people but you can kind of tell that like richard sort of prefers her to them <laughs> so and that's kind of the end of the day at the club uh and then we're sort of on the the wrap-up um after the club rory goes to luke's diner yeah to, to meet um to meet up with uh, Lorelai, but Lorelai doesn't show up at the same time. So Rory is sitting at uh, a table in Luke's. I, I, I'm kind of the, the, the exchange that they have. I'm on Luke's side. So Luke comes over uh, and says, interesting hat, because she's still wearing the hat that Emily gave her. Uh, and she responds, I went golfing with my grandfather today. And his response to that is absolutely accurate. <laughs> he says, did you know that golf courses are an environmental blight because of the chemicals they use to keep the, gr- the grass green? And Rory, like, jokes that she did know that, but she didn't. Um, and also, I'm actually not... 
I, the, the chemicals that they use to keep the grass green may be part of it. My understanding is, though, that the actual big problem with golf courses today is just that they use so much water. Water. To water, to water yeah. the lawns. And that they, they take up, they a lot of them are in urban areas and they take up a bunch of land that could otherwise be used for either like a, a public park or for housing. They probably do use pesticides though too because probably, that, yeah. they have to keep the ground so perfect. Uh, yeah. And weeds pop up everywhere. Yeah. So they and they they probably do have to use pesticides. But I think you're right that the concern, one of the main concerns, is the water usage. And mm-hmm. also in the last 20 years, there for a while there, new golf courses were going up all over the country, yeah. and a lot of them are not being utilized. People are not joining. People play golf, but there are too many golf courses. So yeah. the whole he brings up uh, he opens up a can of worms. <laughs> yeah, and boy, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't really know what the statistics are. But to be honest, I don't know anyone my own age who really mm-hmm. likes to golf i don't know mm-hmm. if that's a hobby that's going to really continue into the future i mean maybe it is as as we have proven uh during this episode i am not a country club person so i have well, no idea how many people my own age are part of this this whole lifestyle and that's what they said about coffee that people mm-hmm. my age would not drink coffee <laughs> really but yeah i mean there have been concerns for years that you know if parents didn't teach their kids to drink coffee they would yeah there are a lot of people my age for a long time who, who did drink coffee and that's still kind of but but i think starbucks mm. set that side set that argument aside to yeah, taught sure. people to drink coffee across the country but the golf course thing you know they also have swimming pools a lot of these country clubs mm, too yeah so and a lot of people your age and slightly older join country clubs so they can take their kids swimming yeah uh instead of having to go to public pools and it's all it's all the same price i mean it all comes together so yeah so we're not in any danger right now anyway yeah (laughs) so then we get to the is this when we get to the fight or let's see oh no no this is at luke's we're at luke's it's yeah we're at luke's uh it's not really a fight yet but lorelei does it's uncomfortable though uh yeah yeah because so lorelei shows up with some chocolate cake from suki uh because she assumes that she's going to be really hungry but actually rory had a really big lunch at the club so she's not that hungry and Mm -hmm. she then tells Lorelai that she actually had a much better time than she thought she would and Lorelai is kind of dismayed and discombobulated to disappointed yeah and scared I think she's a little scared here too and just the fact that she would come out with oh I had lunch at the club which sounds like such a thing for an elitist Mm -hmm. to say a rich person to say I should say that discombobulates her too because Mm -hmm. you know she didn't say oh I had lunch with my grand with Grandpa with grandfather. What does she call him? Does she call him grandpa? Yeah. Yeah, I think she calls him grandpa. Okay. Yeah. So I she didn't say that. She said, no, I had lunch at the club. And that's a phrase. That's a phrase mm-hmm. that rich people use. Also, as she's saying that, Luke is passing by and he comes out with, with all the other devastators of our land. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I so love she, Luke. <laughs> Luke is freaking great and he's absolutely correct every time. So yeah, so... Uh, Rory had a good time, um, and Lorelai but, wasn't sure how to. And Lorelai takes it out on Luke. She she tells yes. kind of tells him to butt out, and it's displaced aggression or misplaced aggression, I guess. Yeah, it's it's um, not even that. It's like he, he she tells him when she first comes in that she's super hungry, and then he brings her this big plate of food, and then she just ignores it, and he's like, "What's going on? I thought you were hungry." And she's like, "Things change, man." Yeah, and yeah. also if she ate it, she would have to be eating in 
and Luke's, which is like a rule. They cannot eat there. They order food. They order coffee. They do drink mm-hmm. the coffee, but they never eat the food. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, I think we've mentioned this, but yeah, this is an ongoing thing. And so we will continue to mention it. There's mm-hmm. so much made about how much these women, these characters supposedly eat. And yet we almost never actually see them eating. And mm-hmm. this is a good example of that. Luke brings mm-hmm. out this huge plate of like a burger and fries mm-hmm. and Lorelai doesn't eat it. Um, and uh, there's a, a YouTube video that in the next episode I will mention specifically, but I, I watched it and it was kind of a deep dive going into the food on Gilmore Girls. I should send oh, it to yeah. you and we can talk about okay. it. And yeah, one of the things that I learned in that video is the actress who plays Lorelai, Lauren Graham, is kind of the opposite of Lorelai, both when it comes to diet and exercise. She's all she's been on a strict I mean it makes sense because she's a, a, a an thin, actress. Yeah, a thin athletic um, actress in Hollywood who has to keep up her appearance to a certain degree just to get jobs as part of her job. Uh, But yeah, she's been on a very strict, like healthy diet for a long time. Apparently uh, she, she has done like an interview where she went over what her diet is. And it's, you know, one of those like egg whites and spinach for breakfast and like a single small piece of salmon for dinner kind of diets. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, she's an, she's a very athletic person. She does like Mm -hmm. kickboxing and like all of these different kinds of uh, athletic things, which Lorelai is a character absolutely stains i mean she's definitely a person who's moving around a lot because her job requires it but you know she's not athletic that's kind of the whole issue with rory here is that rory has like never run for more than two seconds of her life because she and lorelei are just not into uh, not athletic they dance at all mm-hmm. they dance <laughs> they dance and they walk they walk it's they walk everywhere so they think you know they're not fitness oriented but they are they move they mm-hmm. they walk everywhere Hardly ever see him drive anywhere until she starts school at Shilton. And um, and they dance. You know, they listen yeah. to music and dance. So, yeah, we get back to the wedding. There's a Miss Patty scene. It's not that mm-hmm. important, but she is definitely using choreography lessons to sexually harass one of the twin yeah. friends. <laughs> That's a good um, way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's like she doesn't pinch his ass, but you know she wants to. She's mm-hmm. definitely, definitely leering. Uh, but, yeah, and then we cut to Lorelai and Rory's house, and this... This is where we get the fight, the kind of big fight of the episode. Richard called Rory at the inn and mm-hmm. Michelle passed it to Lorelai first. So Lorelai knew that Richard was calling Rory and it just kind of irks her. It's it's strange yeah. to her that Richard yeah. called the inn at all. He has never called to talk to her. Nope. And he finally calls and it's to talk to Rory. And you can tell that it's kind of getting under Lorelai's skin. The tension uh, is building. Yeah. And the way that she responds to this is to basically start a fight with Rory that's somewhat nonsensical. Rory is apparently mm-hmm. wearing one of her sweaters. Lorelai gets really annoyed about it and does that thing that kind of like passive aggressive thing where you're like it's fine I just you know I thought we talked about this I mean I thought I told you not to do this that kind of Mm -hmm. like you're mad but you don't want to just come out and say I'm mad about this so you're sort of tetchy as you say it's fine it's fine but she keeps she keeps pushing the point and it kind of ends with her insisting that Rory's boobs are bigger than hers so (sighs) she's going to stretch out this sweater and it's her favorite sweater which Rory immediately is like no 
no, it's not. This is not your favorite sweater. And my boobs aren't bigger than yours. And, and then they go back the and forth about the boobs thing over and over again. <laughs> and it's like you're sitting here with your head in your hands listening to this. <laughs> it's just, just ridiculous. Like, but also, before the scene is over, Babette, is, it, is her name Babette? Yeah, uh, Babette. Yeah. So uh, Sally Struthers, who is one of my favorite characters in this because she was in All in the Family. All in the Family, And yes. <clears throat> she's a great actress. Um, and she comes in, and I'm not sure why they insert this there unless they just had time they needed to fill out. But she comes in talking about this, how sensual the music is that her, is it well, her boyfriend or her husband is playing for her? I think they're married. Maury. Okay. She just calls him Maury. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, so her it guy. with the cat, though. Or I guess, like, the reason this matters is Oh, yeah, she, she comes over to get help to get the cat out. But then she, you know, she tells us the reason that the cat is under the, the steps or whatever is that they, mm-hmm. she got into listening to this music and she was swept away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the implication being, did they have sex? Maybe. We're not sure. But, <laughs> but um, just also just time like, got away from her. <laughs> yeah, and just, like, when he plays for her, it is a sensual perhaps sexual experience. Yeah, and she just gets swept away. And her, I don't know why they threw this in here, except that, it's a real strong counterpoint to the tension that's going on yes. um, between, because you know, between the the mother and daughter here, and it's so it's, a, it's kind of an absurd counterpoint, mm-hmm. but also beautiful. I mean, Sally Southers just really pulls it off. She's yeah. just, just just this beautiful person who sometimes is a little raunchy, and mm-hmm. this borders on raunchy, but it's not. It's yeah. loving, and she's you know talking about the the guy, but she's also with the music. Is it mm-hmm. is it jazz? It's jazz, right? I think yeah, so. it's it's, it's the, monk. The it's Thelonious monk. monk. Yeah, yeah. It's Thelonious so monk. she's listening to monk, and oh, I just couldn't. And you know, it's just the, her love of this guy, but also this music. And she it, she literally has thirty seconds in this scene and yeah. steals it. <laughs> yeah. Steals the scene. She, she like it's she wonderful. calls she calls back to because the, the cat unsticks itself while, while she's, she's there over there, yeah. and then she calls back to uh, Maury play me home maury and yeah. she starts like playing through the open window and she like dances away it's it's she's wonderful it was a great add to that scene so anyway. and they're just a they're a very like visually striking couple i can't remember if we've talked about this or not but babette is like very short and a little bit squat and maury mm-hmm. is like super tall and thin like that kind oh. of thin where you're kind of like hunching over all the time. She but... in the scene, he's in the. You only see him and through the window, and he's sitting down. So I, so I yes. couldn't tell. But he also had long dark hair, and she's got short curly blonde hair. So you're right. Yeah. There's a striking difference between them. So and I'm sure they they will come back up later in the series. But that was yeah, just, for uh... sure. Yeah, as soon as we get to Rory's birthday episode, I think we see. A little but now, more and this done. is clearly after school too. Because wasn't Rory mm-hmm. doing homework when they were sitting there when they started? So I think this so, is the yeah. first time I at which I found myself asking what day is it because they had gone golfing on sunday and they started on friday they were working i'm not sure if we saw a saturday but they were working on the wedding on sunday this has to at least be monday night and the wedding has Mm -hmm. not yet happened Mm -hmm. so it has to happen and i think the next day other stuff's going on based on the dialogue of the next scene the next scene takes place the next morning she tells suki that she was like talking to her like last night or something yeah so we know we know that the club day happened on Sunday so this has to be uh, Tuesday probably well this is probably Monday it could be Tuesday not sure but it's probably Monday uh, and then the next scene after that is Tuesday and the next scene after that is Lorelai and Suki walking through town where Lorelai mm-hmm. is admitting that she was being crazy during that fight and Suki gets completely distracted because she sees a bunch of strawberries she finds and the strawberries I will say my <laughs> partner can attest to this 
this, I I identify with this moment. I have been in a conversation and seen a, a stall of fresh strawberries and beelined for it. Well, so. there's nothing more beautiful. I mean, when they're yeah. ripe and red like that, they're incredibly beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so there's this visual. This is a very, I love this scene because first it's, they're, they're having this conversation in this in this beautific, beautific, is that the word? Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful downtown area, uh, you know, that just comes out of a storybook. Uh, I don't know if this if this show ever won awards for its its scenes, but it should have. I mean, the sets, not scenes. So they, they cross the street, and of course, a scatterbrained Suki r- walks right in front of bicyclists, knocks mm-hmm. them over on her way to the beeline, on, on her beeline to the strawberries, and then she starts picking them up, and of course, of course, as she's doing this, who walks by? Jackson. Now, you Jackson. know this can't, is not going to happen to real. So it's a huge coincidence, but he walks by because apparently this, this town is only 500 yards long because yeah, they're all much. there in the same spot. Yeah. Anyway, so she he comes by and they start this argument and then she starts I don't know how if they resolve it, what happens, but he takes off and she starts following him and they zigzag back and forth across that street, yeah. that bucolic, bucolic is what I was looking for, that oh, bucolic street till the end of the scene. And it is the funniest gag. Suki mm-hmm. gets the best gag, fun, the, the best visual gags. She gets the yeah. best ones. They, they it's hilarious. They had a good physical actor on their hands. Mm-hmm. Also, even before that, the scene starts with when, when she walks away from Lorelai, she she literally walks out into the street and causes a bicycle to like crash to avoid running into her. And I think the guy like flips over or something. That's it's what I just said a dramatic... minute ago. Yeah, she she, oh, okay. she on her beeline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah. she causes damage. He he's hurt. Yeah. And you he's know hurt. And, and then Lorelai tries to help him, but then she realizes she needs to she lets him she lets him go too because she she has to keep an eye on Suki and she's gonna do other damage mm-hmm. to somebody else. So she mm-hmm. so she moves on. But yeah, that's um that is classic Suki. She gets the she gets the physical gag and then the then the visual gag when they're zigzagging so she's got the best physical comedy uh scenes yeah. very well done um so i i can't i i don't know what emmys the show has won um but i can tell you about the uh set and i i don't i don't know the specifics of this either but the main set for downtown stars hollow is a set that has been reused in a bunch of different hollywood yeah. shows i believe I'll there bet. was a show called like witches of eastwick or something that reused the set hmm. uh and that's not that's not the only one it's just it it is it is a set i believe uh maybe not universal i don't know but it's one of those like hollywood lot mm-hmm. sets that has mm-hmm. been reused a bunch of times and i can tell you um not not a spoiler for the show but a spoiler for life jared padalecki the actor who plays dean after gilmore girls went on to this show called supernatural um i'm sure a lot of listeners have probably heard of this i know mom you are not that familiar with the show but no idea <laughs> uh there is there is a joke in the show because in the show supernatural is this is going to be a little bit confusing but it's, it's a show about two brothers who are named sam and dean however jared padalecki in this show plays sam not dean mm. um but anyway uh they 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 travel around the country and they fight monsters that's basically the the core <laughs> of the show and there's an episode where they go to hollywood and they go on one of those like golf cart tours and as they're going they hear like an announcement saying that they're about to pass the gilmore girls set and mm. people can go and look and jared padalecki like starts to look really uncomfortable and tells dean that they need to leave <laughs> <laughs> that's great so that's yeah great. There's, there's my random trivia uh about the set 
All right, so yeah. You know, oh, before we go on to the next scene, or the final scene, I guess, I just want to say that the sweater argument made me very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I'm sad for Lorelai because yeah. what she's experiencing here, and this is a really important part of this season and this episode, is her parents' involvement in Rory's life, and it's a kind of involvement, and we've said this over and over again, and we'll continue to say it, that they did not give her. She did not, they not only didn't give her that kind of involvement and engagement and affection, they rejected her in, yeah. in over and over again. She wasn't the daughter they wanted. Mm-hmm. Rory is the daughter they wanted. And it's sad for me to see yeah. this. And you can just see all these emotions on her face like, you're getting what I didn't get. And yet she she understands, I should take it myths later on, that's not a bad thing. She yeah. knows what's what she's feeling, and but she has to work through it. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that in a minute where she does work through it. But it's still hard. She yeah. wants them to love her daughter. Yeah. She knows that her daughter needs them, but it's really hard for her. And she, she she does genuinely want what's best for Rory. And yes. if what's best for Rory includes this close relationship with her grandparents, then she wants that. Yeah. But she's also a human, and she's also got unresolved issues with her parents Mm -hmm. so you know those two things are sort of in conflict with each other uh, which we can talk about more in a second we should just we're we're almost at the end of the episode um so cut to the wedding yeah what we've got next (laughs) is the wedding the wedding finally happens um and we get we get a little end to the story of the mother and her two spoiled children she excitedly comes over to Lorelai and tells her they're moving to Arizona I'm so happy (laughs) So yeah, and and Lorelai, and and this this kind of ties it all together. So uh, Rory is sitting at the table with the guest book, uh, and Lorelai comes over to finally apologize. We're not sure how long it has been because we don't know when Wednesday the, the or Thursday happens. Probably Wednesday <laughs> or Thursday. Based I'm, on the I'm going to go for Thursday because they take the cake over to the parents on Friday, yeah. and it yeah. would. And she even even uh, Lorelai would not take a three day old cake over there. So yeah, anyway. and we're like we're basically based this off the fact that Rory is there so it can't be during school hours mm-hmm. and we know that they go over to dinner at 7 p.m. so either this wedding happened between like 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Friday or it happened before Friday. Yep. So we're going to go with Thursday. Um, so Lorelai comes over to apologize. She says something like a crazy bra size obsessed demon possessed her body. Mm-hmm. Um, Rory pr- pretty much immediately accepts her apology. Lorelai does explain that it just never occurred to her that Rory might like all of the things that she hated growing up. She, she also tells her that she was feeling maybe a little bit guilty for having cut her off from yeah. the grandparents for some long but Rory's basically like oh you don't have to feel guilty for that it's fine and as they're talking we case see, in point we yeah we <laughs> see the final parallel of the episode there is a waspy mother nearby who is uh castigating her very young daughter who's wearing this uh, adorable frilly Beautiful. dress and she yeah. makes some comment about she says what is it I did not pay $500 for this dress so you could run around and mess it up now you sit and be still cross your legs you're a lady and like this kid is like five years old maybe maybe six yeah maybe six, six or seven. Very, yeah. very young at an age 
age where she should be running around and messing yep. her clothes up. That's yep. what's normal for kids at that age. So and you can very... buy her a dress. Just don't buy her a $500 dress. Yeah. And let her have fun. Let her enjoy buy... the wedding you've brought her to. Yeah, buy yeah. her a dress you can throw in the washing machine. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that hard. Or, you know, buy her, like, normal clothes and just give her a little, like, cute suit jacket for the ceremony and then yeah. take it off when you're done. There are solutions to this, lady. But, yes, it's, it's very sad to see because any reasonable person looking at that is just like let the kid run around it's your fault you've spent five hundred dollars on a dress for a six-year-old not hers i don't have any clothes that cost five hundred dollars this child certainly doesn't need any (sighs) but yeah so rory and lorelei both see this scene and you can kind of see on rory's face that she she gets that this is kind of what lorelei's childhood was like mm-hmm. although Emily... lorelei doesn't confirm that she does True. confirm that there were dresses but then True. she says there's one really good thing about these dresses that when you dance they fly out she yeah, never really says but my mother made me sit like that they, we don't mm-hmm. get that confirmation from her so it's yeah. kind of up in the air but it's, yeah it's Yeah, it's implied that this was a part of it, and you can kind of see it in some of the other things that we do see Emily do, which uh, most of them have not happened yet. Actually, I think when we get to the birthday episode, we'll we'll come across some Mm -hmm. of these themes again. Um, But yeah, it's just sort of the implication. Rory looks at that, and at the very least, Rory is glad that her mother was not that lady, regardless of how similar Emily is to that lady. She basically turns to her mom and says, thank you for not doing that that to me. Yeah. The other thing that's going on in this scene (laughs) is the music it's sister sledge we are family and i'm doing that in the (laughs) in the sing song (laughs) that's a wonderful song but it's a really important song to play here because this has Mm -hmm. been an episode about all kinds of family all variations and how families interact there's just so many different families and so many different family situations, I should say, in this one episode. It's kind of amazing, really. So for them to sing that, it tells me that uh, the producer, the writer, whatever, is saying, you know, we all have our own families. We all have mm-hmm. families to deal with, and we love them, even if they are problematic. And many of them, most people have problematic family situations. But in the end, we love each other. We're family. We support yeah. each other. And then... We get to the last scene. You want to yes. take it? Yeah, the last scene kind of brings all of the themes on home, or at least kind of centers us back on Lorelai's internal conflict. Uh, mm-hmm. So the last scene is another dinner at the grandparents' house. Lorelai brings some leftover blueberry shortcake, which Emily is offended by, referring to it as used cake. Used cake? Well, it is. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Emily remarks that Rory really charmed her grandfather and she wants to get her a membership at the club so that she can keep going. Everyone is kind of on board with this except uh, Lorelai, who uh, I think Emily says something along the lines of, Let's, uh, we should get our membership at the club so that she has people to socialize with. And Lorelai jokes, well, now especially that the crack den has closed down on the corner, all her really good <laughs> friends are gone. Yep. But yeah, and then Richard comes in and he brings the book that he called Rory about. I don't think I said this specifically earlier, but the the reason it's he a called Mencken Rory. Book. Yeah, the reason he called Rory at the inn is uh, they were talking about this book by Menk- Mencken. And he found, he found a copy of it. It's called 
called mm-hmm. Christomathy, uh, and he also found uh, Mencken's memoir, and I think one of them is like an original first or edition. something. Yeah, it's first, first edition. edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rory immediately nerds out about it, and he's like, would you like to come with me into the like library or den or wherever it is to go look at it? And she's like, oh, of course. And then Emily says, oh, I also want to see it, and they just leave Lorelai in the dust drinking With her, her glass little... of wine. They yeah, have at least done the good thing of giving her the glass of wine. So my question about this, I have a question and a comment, is did Emily go off to see the book with them deliberately to hurt her daughter, or was she actually interested? And that's not a question I don't know that we can answer. The expression on Lorelai's face, it's it's a mixture of things. It's hurt. Mm -hmm. It's also relief. She has no interest in a fucking Mencken book, you know, or that it's a first edition, which seems to impress Richard more than anything. She feels left out, but also bemused. Why the hell are they interested in this? It's, it's yeah. an expression on her face. You know, that's what she's, this actress yeah. is amazing. She, you know, yeah. she's, it's a very poignant uh, and touching moment. And we mm-hmm. close with that, with this, with her sitting on the, on the couch, with this glass of wine in her lap, all these expressions playing on her face. And you just want to reach out and hug her, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And this is this is kind of it kind of underlines what has really been going on. You know, it, it's not really I mean, a part of her is annoyed that Emily got to win, but that's not really the issue. The issue Mm-mm. is they are on the inside of something and she is on the outside. They're all a family, but she's sort of excluded from this part of the family. And, you know, something that Emily doesn't really understand is that Lorelai wants her child to be happy. Yes. So she doesn't care in this instance, that Emily won, and Emily keeps trying to rub it in. And it's like, you know, if you could just look at Lorelai for a second and see that what she wants is what's best for her daughter, and that's what this is, what you what you can give her is good for Rory, Lorelai sees that, and all you're doing is trying to rub this in as a win. Mm-hmm. Get over yourself, woman. <laughs> Yep. It's, and anyway, much. it's a very, it's a difficult, it's a difficult ending for that episode. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough, especially for a show that is otherwise very lighthearted. And yes. you know, we, we, we did already get kind of, you know, Lorelai and Rory have made up. Um, mm-hmm. So there was a sort of resolution, but mm-hmm. that doesn't change this underlying sadness for it, Lorelai. And the dynamic between her and her parents. And mm-hmm. you're right that most of the episodes usually end on an up note. Mm-hmm. And this one doesn't. It, it's very, it's kind of a difficult final scene. And yeah. and that was our analysis of the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yes. Episode three. Episode three. <laughs> Kill me now. Kill me now, <laughs> which I think should have been named I liked Sophia. <laughs> and I think it should have been named the most odious woman alive. <laughs> Both good names. So that's it. You want to do our closing? Yeah. Uh, next week we'll be doing episode four. Uh, in the meantime, the deer I am, hunters. Yes, the deer hunters. Uh, I am Tessa Dare. You can find me at my website, tessadare.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at author.tess.adare, and that's T E S S, and Adare is A D A I R, or on Twitter, though I try to avoid Twitter, and that's just at author Tessadare, all one word. Uh, and I'm Beth. Tessa Dare's mom and you can also find me on Instagram and I'll just leave that one out there uh, because it's got my link tree on it which has all my different things and uh, it's STL underscore I think writer underscore Beth B-E-T-H so pretty simple and you can click on the the link uh, at the top to get all the other stuff so yep that's it yeah this has been Where You Lead we'll see you in two weeks (laughs) 